our quarterly slush pile. We're so happy that you're tuning in and listening to us. Um, what we do is read poems that have been uh, submitted to the Painted by Quarterly. And we have an editorial meeting on air. It's pretty cool. I hope you think so, too. Let us know. Um, so the we is a whole bunch of people. And today there's a lot of us um, participating in the podcast. So I'm Kathleen Volkmiller, and I'm an essayist, and I teach at Drexel University. And in the studio with me on my right is... Bray! Yay! <laughs> Tell them about you. Say something. Well, I'm the new co-op. been working here since April 1st and loving every minute of it. <laughs> All right. And... Here in Philly. I'm Tim Fitz. I'm a short story writer. And um, I teach here at Drexel. And I have a new a couple of new pieces coming out in New South, some short pieces. And sitting across from me in New York is Jason. Wait, what? Well, not <laughs> <laughs> That's not. Oh, you ruined the whole thing. Uh, uh, that's my job. If that was, a, well, if that was that's my right, job. Well, I'll, I'll just, I'll just do it. Well, Tim, was that all true or was that a lie? Like that you're going to be on time today? <laughs> that was that was the plan. But now I've I just been thrown off guard because I'm not across. I'm I'm across the country. Well, it's a lie. It's a lie. You're just lie. across the yeah. turnpike, uh, across the country. Well, I, yeah, I'm across the Northeast seaboard. I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're, um, you're barely two hours I, away. I'm, I am in lovely Bedford Stuyvesant at my mother's um, secretary desk. I'm coming to you from New York. And I'm actually in my bathrobe. So it's actually like another bathrobe. Take a photo. <laughs> selfie, selfie, selfies. Oh, I'm in a bathrobe. Yes, that'll be perfect. <laughs> I'll let it seductively follow up in. Yes, yes, I love it. All right, what's going on there in Abu Dhabi? Sounds like there's a party. Well, there is a party and it's um, celebrating Ramadan and Iftar. And we are uh, seated here um, at my dining room table covered by a lovely tablecloth that we have borrowed from Lisa Philp and Bill Bragan, believe it or not. Um, by the way, this is Marion. Hello, slushies. And I'm here with my delightful team. We have Samantha. Hi, everyone. Uh, Samantha here. Uh, and I'll just introduce the next person. <laughs> Yay! Hi there. Uh, and I'll throw it back to Mary. Yes. Yeah, so the three of us are huddled around this big, giant Yeti mic, talking into it like we mean business. <laughs> and that's back the brand name, right? Like, it doesn't look like a snowman. It's actually... No, no. That's it's the actually brand. That's the brand name. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You have... Uh, You've taken that photo before of just you on it. At some point, mm -hmm. take a picture of the three of you huddled around it. Okay. Okay. That'd be awesome. All right. So with, with, uh, without too much further ado, I think we should jump right in. We have three poems today by Brandon Thomas de Sabatino. And um, I voluntold Jason. All right. I'm going to start with the first one. Tuscarawas <laughs> River Song. Born sightless, but going into focus with the softness of an acetylene flame. Your eyes, blue animals running from their own reflection, torn into as a mouth with the guns, gums gone, open for hog-tied whippoorwills and mock poses of the living, clouds balled with the fists of arthritic gamblers, naloxone canisters, Clorox walls, 
the hard asking of rain, the rain in the fashion of a human body that does not fall faster while laughing. Whoa, beautifully read. Thank you. Let me take this thinking time to tell our slushies, um, those who don't know, you can go to pbqmag.org and take a look at these poems um, while we're reading them or or whatever, whatever you would like. Uh, just know that that's where they live until we make these decisions. A cop in New York. That's the sound of thinking. I love the sound of this poem. I love the the way the lines are like working their way into my mind and my ear and my mouth all at once. Torn into as a mouth with the gums gone open for hogtied whippoorwills and mock poses of the living. What? What? Yeah. I mean, the bodily... Uh, yeah, if you if you can see this on the page, slushies, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on orthographically. The the whiz are actually W's with the slashes. Um, there are things in parentheticals. Um, the line is very um, narrow. It's a very mm-hmm. it's a very very short line, um, which Alan Grossman says is the self talking to the self. It kind of gives itself a kind of um, internal monologue feeling, which I think works really well with the idea of. I mean, I think it's it's sort of about the river but by the river or to the river, your eyes, blue animals, running from their own reflection. Um, And the way that the the river kind of becomes brought into vision, but also in a kind of equality, as a kind of extension of the self. Jason, I love that, right? And especially the way it sort of like, like lands the reader in the moment of the like the river beginning born sightless but going into a focus into focus with the softness of an acetylene flame like and linking the like i can almost see like light glinting on water is the embedded analogy in that image it's gorgeous i was fascinated by the arrival of naloxone I don't know what that is. Yeah, help. Somebody it's, help. You revive um, people with opium overdoses. If someone has an mm-hmm. opioid overdose, you use a naloxone calendar to bring them oh. back to. Okay. It's, like, uh, it's like the scene uh, in um, Pulp Fiction. I actually have. I have a, like, a lot of coffee shops in New York now have naloxone kits. Um, so I have one in my office, which I hope I'll never have to use. But wow. Just in case. Okay. That's, All right. That's, so that's, you should get the image of us in Abu Dhabi. The three of us have our mouths open. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. America, we have a significant drug problem that, is, <laughs> that was fomented by lap dancing drug reps. Um, it, it, this this drug was made for that, or did it have a different purpose? Oh, it's made naloxone. For that? I don't I don't know how it was developed, but it's it's definitely um it's like a smelling salt. You use it to revive people. That's what I was thinking about. Overdose. Like, was it used yeah. as uh you know for people who on the fainting couch? You know, mm-hmm. um, at any it's point. a long uh, recovery with that stuff. It's not like a um, it doesn't like snap them right back out of it. I was on the subway platform here with the uh, paramedics doing it one night or wow. one afternoon. And um, it, it takes a little while. They still have to drag the person off and um, get them to where they take them. Um, but it's uh, it, yeah, it's pretty horrific and it, whenever it's used. It's, it, you know, because 
the person is basically on that event horizon of death. Mm-hmm. And then they're brought back slowly. And evidently when they do come back, then they, I'm, I understand they pretty much go directly into withdrawals wow. and then try to get oh, out to get more. Yeah. Yeah. Joe threw up wiki for us and Tim, you're nailing it point for point. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's not obsess over that moment, but uh, I guess we should talk about why, what it does. I love the pervasiveness of this, the opioid addiction. It's just, it's everywhere. It's out on the, on the Tuscarawas river. Right. It's on the side of the river. It's everywhere. You're just going to find them. If a spaceman came down to earth and walked through the woods, they would think we were all heroin addicts. Yeah. Mm. Right. But I love that. Look, look at that line too. Naloxone canisters, comma, Clorox walls, comma, line break, the hard asking of rain, long dash. Like it's, it almost defies my interpretation, but I, I am also like absolutely in that emotion that it calls out. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I wonder what other people think about the the juxtaposition of those two images, or well, three, right? The canisters, the Clorox, the rain. I mean, I was thinking about just how rain can be a washing away, yeah. right? Of um, of uh, dirt, of problems, and you know, it can also be a way for new life to begin. And Clorox in the same way can be a cleansing, a new start, almost like an exorcism in that way. And then now that I know what naloxone is, I see how they all fit together. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you. Like just the beauty of the language and the line breaks yeah. like has me. Yeah. I'm completely carried by this. Yeah. Well, and the image system is, is constantly going back and forth between this kind of um, decaying human body, this kind of inadequate, but alive, um, you know, the, bald with the fists of arthritic gamblers right. mm-hmm. um, and then the naloxone canisters like hits it in this whole new way and then it returns back to the river and the water and then it returns back to the body and then they kind mm-hmm. of meld in this really perfect way in that last moment that does not fall faster while laughing mm-hmm. yeah yep and that title right it expects us to go on a um bucolic journey right there's <laughs> and we right. certainly don't river song river yeah. song yeah it reminds me i was in um alice springs in australia this past summer and um i was told you know to be careful when i was walking alone through the town because the the water the is all dry so that it's just the riverbed through the main town uh for the summer months and uh or the winter months and um, all the people there who have, you know, drinking or drug problems mm. will sleep there mm. because they're not allowed back into, you know, their, their indigenous tribal communities and they have these kind of problems. And so, like, they themselves have this river song, like the humans being there and kind of also um, how we, we do send people away uh, who, you know, are facing these problems. Mm-hmm. It, it takes place in the U.S. in the like, mm-hmm. The, the land of this yeah uh joe pulled that up for us too it's in ohio and its county seat is called new philadelphia which is kind of interesting but um uh-huh. it's just we're, we're just nice. looking at a wiki thing i don't know if there's a problem a particular problem there you know but um it's ohio there's a problem oh yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we apologize to our sponsors in Ohio. Only speaking. problem. We do not think Ohioans are in themselves a problem. Especially Ohioans. What? What's your email again, Joe? They, they, they can tweet at you, right? But but as long as Joe says it in that voice, we forgive him everything. The real the real (laughs) Donald J Trump. That's my Twitter (laughs) handle. There are limits. There are limits. You just found it. (laughs) Oh my goodness! I I have one more question because I think it ties into the image system, and it's perhaps just my ignorance. But the acetylene torch line or the acetylene flame, right? Mm-hmm. So like that for me is the first glint or um, possibility, right? That the that it's not um, just a, like a sort of lyric about nature, that it's also tying into drug use, right? And so what comes to my mind is like, you know, the flame under a spoon or, you know, uh, yeah. whatever the drug strategy is that the, the fire would be involved in, right? And then... I don't know if anybody else has a different reading, but I don't know what an acetylene torch is. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We're looking it up over here too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Meth. On a website called meth. On a, on a website called meth primer. Yes. So I, Wait, I meth think that, primer. Yeah. There's a website called meth primer that Samantha found. The good yeah. news is yes. that we, none of us have any firsthand experience. Like yeah. to tell us how to make acetylene meth? torches. Apparently. <laughs> yes. It looks like that is the case. It's also yes. a welding. So torch. I guess what I want to say is like I like how the images are stitched in and then they become like clearly woven in. So it's like a like a stitch dropped in and another stitch and then the image takes the image system takes force. Right. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Hey, I think maybe we should vote since we have two more. Okay. Charles de Sabatino. And, and we have like stopped discussing the poem that we've definitely moved into. Uh, I think how to make math. Yeah, we did. We're, we're looking at math. But I was I was wondering what the Yiddish word is when you're like proud or you feel like, is it cavelling? It feels like we're just like happily saying nice things about this poem. Yeah. About math. Can, okay. I just, can I just say one more thing? Yeah. Hogtied whippoorwills. Yeah, say that again. Mm-hmm. Hogtied whippoorwills. In mock poses of the living. We're going to have to find an image of those. <laughs> a hogtied whippoorwill. Okay. All right. On that note, let's vote. All right. One, two, three, vote. Oh, unanimous. It's in. It's Woo-hoo! in. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon Thomas. All right. Now we have another one. Um, I'll do it. So this one, um, is center aligned and uh, I've never been good at, um, seeing the shape if somebody is trying to make me see the shape. So you guys tell me if you see a shape when we're done here. Okay. So it has a very long title. Here it is. A portrait of cave fires on walls as the first sitcom in syndication. The naked midnight diners are at it again. Posed in the windows like an advent calendar across from me. Totems of unwashed dishes pile in the sink. Heat from hog grease peels their wallpaper back. A nightmare of human real estate. Hmm. Scalloped potatoes. Shrimp cocktails. 
Cheeto bags and chicken fried steaks. Every night eating. Vast servings in silence. Sitting naked in generic metal chairs. They have never noticed I am here. I have been watching them in darkness since the utilities were turned off. I ask myself, when will she give it up? Beat his head in with a frying pan. Blow her brains in the tuna casserole out of grief. Because I am a romantic, I can imagine it. Brain spurs, stippling, cheap, yellow tile, bodies decomposing to shadow, leaving an outline like a child's drawing on the ceiling of the apartment below them. Undiscovered for weeks until the neighbor is fucking his wife on the living room floor, witness to this new constellation above him. I am envious to be there, not so much with the wife on the living room floor, but as a guest this time, on the couch, maybe, watching the Super Bowl, astonished by something, anything I look into. Great reading. Very good reading. Thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fun words to say. (laughs) I'm going to say, I mean, this probably isn't the best place to start, um, but I think the shape is wrong. Um, If you can see this on the page, it's um, it's centered and it goes back and forth and the lines vary. And one of the things that happens when you center a line on the page in a poem is that you lose the single break of the right edge and you create a double break. So you're creating these extra breaks and the line loses its coherency because anything centered is already symmetrical. And so a line like bodies by itself or out of grief or eating um, can't bear the weight of being an individual line. And I think that this wants to be like a prose block or in a very long line, because this is very narrative, right? And I was kind of talking about that Alan Grossman theorization of the line, and it works Mm -hmm. really beautifully in the first poem, because a really short line, he says, is kind of the internal line, the self speaking to the self. And this is really a social line. This is really, this really wants a social line, which is, you know, one person speaking to another person about the world, right? And the super long line, the Whitmanian line um, in Grossman's theorization is the self-expanding past its boundaries in a kind of prophetic voice and speaking to the world. And so I think this is really like a very social poem. And I love um, so much of what's happening in this poem and the narrative and the observation and the movement within the narrative, which I think is something that poetry is sort of really good at doing. Right, that when you want to talk about telling a story, a poem is a great way to talk about telling the story while telling the story and what the story means to you. Um, but I just, I just want a different shape. I well, educate me. You are so, so much, uh, you know, more more uh, educated in poetry <laughs> than I am, and just most smarter in general. Just read one book. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, my eye does go to those little lines and I kind of want, when somebody does something like this, I want a nightmare eating. I ask myself out of grief bodies I look into. I want those words to give me the through line of the poem and I feel like they do. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, but am I wrong? I mean, you're just having a different experience of the poem than I am. The shape okay. didn't bother me so much until Jason brought it up. And since he brought it up, it 
really bothers me. Oh my god. Just yeah. what we need. But what <laughs> bothers me more is the line at the end, not so much the with the wife on the living room floor. This really kills it for me, which in a poem that I otherwise uh am really over the moon about, because it just seems kind of a stupid line. It's like he's trying to be funny or something or trying. It just breaks, takes me out of the poem completely. I, Tim, I'm, which line? The one where he's it's like, I'm envious to be there. Not so much with the wife on the living room floor. I don't really need that little commentary because I'm so into the poem already. I'm locked in to the whole, uh, this whole sort of violent, uh, obsessive rant against pop culture and TV mm-hmm. and all that, which is beautiful. Do you, do you think he might just need it though to get to the couch watching the Super Bowl? If you cut out those two lines, I'm envious to be there on the couch, maybe watching the Super Bowl, astonished mm-hmm. by something, anything I look into. Mm-hmm. That that would work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a tiny little clip. It's just, yeah. it, it just, yeah. my, I'm already in the center. I'm inside that poem. Right. And, and I'm okay. I love it when he when he says that about the wife, because that brings a really hard edge to the poem. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a wonderful chance that he's taking, mm-hmm. he or she, whoever you know. Brandon. But the, but then when they um, when the poet then inserts that line, it it takes that edge off, as if they're somehow trying to pull that punch, and it, yeah. that bothers me. And otherwise, you know, I feel like the images beyond that are are super powerful. Mm-hmm. Right, can we talk about the title and the relationship between kind of like, because I love the portrait of cave fires on walls is the first to come in syndication. Yeah. And I was just kind of, because I mean, like the, the whole thing about sitcoms and narrative is that sitcoms have none, right? That That sitcoms always reset to where they started and that the narrative is without consequence. Um, and so like the kinds of things about like the Super Bowl, right. That you just keep going back to it, the tuna casserole that there's like, um, the unwashed dishes in the sink. There's like a sort of, um, there's a consequencelessness to what's going on in terms of kind of like a narrative thrust. Um, but also a kind of really beautiful mapping of what that feeling is. I'm just, I, I'm not sure I quite pull back to the cave fires like does that is that are other people making sense of that in different ways i i you know started this poem by saying that i can never see the shape people are trying to get me to see i wondered if if the choice to do this center justification was to look like some kind of cave painting thing you know i i don't know i mean abu dhabi you're being quiet out there so let's hear what are you thinking about i guess the center justification is a big issue because everybody's saying they love it but for right uh well i want to go back to the portrait of cave fires because the first thing that i thought when i read it initially was uh i forget is it who's the Greek philosopher. It's Plato, the allegory yeah, of the cave. Thank you. So I was thinking of Plato, and I want to go back to something that Jason said about the center justification being uh, kind of against the poem's desire to be a social poem, because I think that it's pretending to be social, and it's actually just voyeuristic. And what I like, sorry, to your point as well, Tim, what I like about that line, uh, which is funny and does feel very out of place, about not wanting to be with the wife on the floor is that 
disattachment that feels glazed over, like watching a TV, like the position of this poem is very voyeuristic. And that's what I love about it. I hate the center justification, I will say, <laughs> but it does. I, I love also the through line that those single lines give, right? The eating and the I ask myself out of Greek yeah. bodies, anything great about those. If you could somehow not have this uh, center justification, but those single words bringing it all together, that would be incredible. Yeah, that's I guess. Uh- uh, Alexa, that's my defense of the center of the center justification, you know, because then how would that even look to get those lines by themselves? But yeah, thank you for all that. How about Mary and Sam? What are you guys thinking? Well, it's it's you know, Alexa said that so beautifully. I just wanted to confess um, to our slushies that uh, we actually, before the podcast began started talking about how we hate center justification, like straight up. Like we didn't even read the poem. We're like, oh, center justification. And so like, what's the bias against it? Like um, uh, for me, I guess it's 25 years of reading slush pile manuscripts where it's like a default move for a new, newer poet who doesn't necessarily have confidence in prose poetry or riskier line breaks or whatever. Right. But that's not what this poem's doing. Right. Yeah. But I would, I just have to confess to my like initial immediate and near total bias against center justification. Um, I, yeah. I said so, to many classes, like I will lose my creative writing teaching license. If I don't tell you <laughs> that people <laughs> have this strong bias against center justified poems. Yeah. Um, but I, but I do think, I do think that the, the justification is, is strong and I do think the justification is real. That um, the line is running, the the line break is running interference with the intonation of the sentence, right? right? That's like so much of the power of poetry. And so if you center justify it, you're running double interference and you can't see the integrity of the line because everything maps symmetrically. Um, Right. Slushies, just so you know, the first poem that we read is more traditional, as Jason described it, right? And and spoiler alert, the third poem is also center justified. So <laughs> I got to tell you that uh, when I this of of the three, this was the poem um, that made me, you know, high five myself and and write Brandon and ask him if we could use it. And mm-hmm. and I am not a poet, and center justification didn't bother me at all. <laughs> yeah. um, Can I just say though, Tim? To uh, sorry, no, Jason. To your point, there's there's a line that I love that I think the center justification did not work for it, and that <laughs> is uh, scalloped potatoes. That long that landed so viscerally in my body, but looks yeah. like lose it on the page and that really upsets me because I think if it weren't center justified you would really feel that visually as well as in your body no, I totally agree yeah that's funny I mean that I, I hear you and you know it's funny every time I've looked at this and tried to find the through line I didn't say scallop potatoes even though it's as skinny as you know out of Greek right um, I guess because it was part of the list of the other food items mm-hmm. Uh, Joe just got something to say. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. This just kind of reads like an update to Rear Window. Um, 
Oh, yeah. Uh, so you're in the foyer camp. And, and uh, this might be on a limb, and I know I'm not really part of the group, but oh, uh, I want to yes. say <laughs> the, the, the center. Stay in your lane, Joe. The, say, <laughs> the center justification kind of reminds me of uh, like scrolling uh, credits at the end of an episode or something oh. like that. Oh, oh my oh, God. And it's a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Oh. Joe just validated the center I thank you. Brandon thanks you. <laughs> and salt. I, I mean, even out on a limb, that if they wanted to present this or Brandon wanted to present this, you could have it literally animated and scrolling on some sort of device in front of people. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, that's a great That thought. was the thing for a while. Remember on YouTube, there were all those poems that like scrolled forwards and backwards. Yeah. And you read all the lines forwards. And it was one poem. And then you went the other direction. And it was such a terrible gimmick. But, um, yeah. but yes, that happened. Yeah, I'm not uh, saying that it's not a gimmick. That shit though. I like those poetry gimmicks. I say boom, we should vote. That's right. what we all get about. Wait. Right, let's do it. Wait. I am Wait, not Brit, on the other side yet. Oh, oh. Oh, good. Yeah, I just... I guess it's because I don't get the narration or maybe it's because I'm a fiction writer. So I'm looking for that. Um, can someone explain to me who or what is narrating? Who's the voice? Yes. Well, there is an I. It's a first person. I think it's someone looking across so, the street at a couple that leaves their windows open and he watches them living. Okay. So like a creep, a peep and Tom. I'm just kidding. Wait, what? <laughs> Like a voyeur. I think the advent calendar line is very telling, right? Yeah. We know what an advent calendar is. You open it up um, uh, for the days during Lent preceding Christmas and you never know what you're going to get. And so I think I like, I do love that image of the window as the square box that he's basically opening up every night. And some nights they're eating and they're sleeping together and doing all these different things. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that help? Yes. <laughs> okay, she's got it. We can vote now. Are we ready? Yes. All right, let's do it. One, two, three, vote. Sorry, wait, sorry. Can we still talk to him about those couple lines at the end? Can we bring that up with him? <laughs> let's bring it up with him. It's always complicating my life. Uh, well, it's in, even without Tim's edits. Um, so let's see, should we only, should we do that now? How many I, people I, think we should write? Are you the only, I think you're the only one that really I, bugs. I, I think we should, I, I'm, I'm in either way because right. I don't hate it that much, Right. but I hate it. <laughs> that's, I, that's I think it would be nice. Standard. I think he would appreciate it if we brought it up and said, have you, would you think about cutting these last lines? You know, if it, if so, great. If not, great. Okay. How many people, uh, let's do a vote. How many people want to contact the uh, author for that edit? All right. One, two, three, vote. <laughs> and and Tim is outvoted. But he, at least he's hearing, he's hearing it now. <laughs> but Brandon may Brandon. decide to do that on his own. Brandon. <laughs> can we can we call the episode? We didn't hate it that much. <laughs> no. Absolutely freaking not. No. 
You know what though? All right, slushy. I would to call it scallop potatoes. <laughs> but honestly, I, I want to take a moment to the slush pile listeners and say like, that's real, right? Like we, we are so intently focused on the craft of this poem that a sentence like that comes out of our mouths. It's not, it's not, not love, right? Like right. that line yeah. actually means like, I love the poem. This is bugging me, but it's not enough to make me kill, like kill the publication or, sure. or, or keep sure. it from publication. Like yeah. just, you know, it's like a relationship with any person. Right? It is like, exactly. This thing them drives me crazy. But yeah, I still love them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, go Tim Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> well, can we vote on calling the episode "Scallop Potatoes"? Can we? Okay. Vote. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like atmospherically unanimous. Brains like to casserole. Anyone? Um, All right, let's do number three. This is our third and final from Brandon Thomas to Sabatino for today. I'm wondering if um, anybody in the desert would like to read. Did you sound good today? I think so. Here we go. A Department of Corrections State of Mind Blues. White trillium gores through the rib bones, frozen on the shoulders of country roads. Aluminum-lined, lung-like. These clouds give cinema to a surface of windows that have yet to be blinded with wooden boards. This horizon, laid as smoke raised from a mirror, meant less to reflect than see yourself passing through. Thanks, Alexa. Great reading. Great reading. So I want to say I had the same response to the initial um, centric justification. When I see a poem like this on the page, like, I don't mean to sound like such a curmudgeon. I love experimental poetry, but when I see it look like this, it feels glib, right? And and immediately I'm like pushed away. But I'm drawn into this poem for a number of reasons because it feels like the poet sort of winks um, at the reader with the, the sort of assonance, the consonants, the way the the liquid sounds are sort of in the mouth, right? And then these parentheticals, the spaces that are in the, like built into the stanzas. And then the sort of, the joke of that, the last four lines is kind of, I think kind of brilliant, right? So if the listeners take a look at that, meant less to reflect line break, then see space yourself, line break passing on one line through, as if passing through is passing through Yep. The second line. It's 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 very witty. I find that very, very witty. Yeah. Now, is it glib? One wonders. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I that's the only thing I saw that as well, that passing through could fit right up in there, right? It looks like it drove right through on a county road. Yeah. A department of corrections state of mind. Lose. Well, now I want. I wanted to like. I I know this is cheating, but like I want to look at like the cover letter. I'm like fascinated. Oh, by this I, I do. I, I know some stuff, but I'm not telling you. Yeah, don't don't tell us now. <laughs> no, we have new critical commitments. Um, yeah, mm. we do not believe in the authorial fallacy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know. I mean, this sort of feels like it's it's sort of splitting the difference between the the two other poems. And I feel like I'm holding the like previous work against the writer. Um, mm. Cause I sort of want now, like I want the expansiveness of the narrative in the second poem, but I want the like kind of um, 
the the juxtaposed um, angles of the first poem. And so I'm sort of, I mean, this is sort of in the middle. I mean, the flower image at the beginning and the, um, the passing through at the end, the way that you don't stay there. And then the, the title, I think, in this one um, is, it does much more work than the other two. Um, that this is about a prison um, is so sort of present in my mind. Yeah, but you know, uh, right. But it's just a state of mind blues. I'm picturing somebody driving, uh, you know, in a despondent area of our country, right? Where mm-hmm. where there are often prisons out on their own. Uh, we get the surface of windows that have yet to be blinded with wind, wind wooden boards. That makes me believe many other homes around here are boarded up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just I'm so on the road. Rib, yeah. bone, rib bones frozen on the shoulders of county roads. Uh, it's just desolation. And this person driving, I feel, is just thinking about the Department of Corrections. <laughs> the tonal quality of a prison on the side of the road, a prison in the distance in those parts of the country, and the flowers growing through rib bones and the naxolone canisters are all the same. There's the same kind of emotional reaction because you're faced, you have to confront this element of our world that you don't want to think about, but it's there. And the faster you can forget about it, the better. And when you live in this part of the country, that's where you are and you're stuck there. I love, I, I feel like for that alone, I mean, I have to connect all the poems. That's just the way I think. But to me, they f- it all fits uh-huh. and it's all fresh, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. I think fresh is a great word to describe it because I'm thinking about like Johnny Cash or something and like uh, Folsom Prison and how far like as a country in the U.S. has come from being able to sing in this like jovial way about prisons. Uh-huh. And like, you know, even uh-huh. if there were darker elements to that, I mean, now I think... Um, uh, you know, there's more recognition about like the prison system and the privatization and all these issues. Um, like, and we're all kind of, if we don't know someone or we haven't been ourselves to prison, like we're aware of it in this different way. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a state of mind, like for so many people now. How about even that first image, you guys, white trillium gores through rib bones frozen on the shoulders. That That's just like wildflowers, you know, yeah. goring yeah. through the rib bones. Yeah. It, that's how desolate this place is, that animal bones are on the side of the road and flowers are growing up through them. The image of that in real life, when you see... A s- grass or flowers growing through a skeleton is so powerful that yeah. you can think of, I, I can think of the three times exactly when I saw it, the month, the wow, year. Wow, fascinating. Wow. You know, those were you moments. in Ohio? I was once in, I was in Ohio. Once I was in wow. Lebanon, Ohio. My friend and I were walking down the road and there was a, like a gopher or something wow. that had gotten, was hit on the side of the road. And the other was in off, off 476, a deer. Then yeah. the winter was completely um, stripped of yeah. me. Yeah. But Tim, I, I'm so glad you said that that image does that to you because, uh, you know, 
it, it captures like that frozen cold spring, right? Like the flower, there's flowers and it's frozen, right? And so those yeah. months in between seasons are their own kind of like yeah. no man's land, so to speak. And it, yeah. and it catches that through this, through the, like the double image of the flowers and the, and the, bo- and the bones on the road. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that the, the carcass could stay there so long without teenagers stealing it or somebody <laughs> smashing it or somebody cleaning it up or an right. animal drag. I mean, has it even, yeah, I like that, that element of it too. It's so desolate. Mm. Even the bottom feeders won't mess with it. That's a great line. But I, I do, I, I mean, it's funny, I do have the sense that there's like a really raw talent here. Yeah. Wow. We're thinking. Do we want to vote? I'll, I'm ready to vote. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Let's do it. One, two, three, vote. Wait, uh, can I see that vote again? This one's not making it. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> 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 and our time is up. And our time is up. <laughs> I want to recap. I want to recap. I want to recap. Tim, Tim is quite seriously uh, asking for a recap. I, I want to recap. Out. Wait, really? If, okay. If, that, if, can if, we give? Does Joe get a vote? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to wait, wait, go ahead. Talk among yourselves for a minute. Okay. Uh, I'm talking to myself. The first stanza, but the rest. Oh, are you down too? Yeah. I think that stanza's worth the, the end of fasting for the day. Here. That's right. Um, That's right. Happy Iftar at 7 p.m. Right. People can. So people have some food. Eating. How long are the days right now yeah. for you guys? What's up? I guess I was, I was, cause the days are very long here. Or I mean, Jeez. for people who are fasting and I was thinking that it might be longer, but actually in you're closer to the equator. So there would be much less distance between like summer and winter Ramadans. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's why folks tend to stay in the UAE mm-hmm. if they can during Ramadan, instead of going to say like Ireland, because yeah. yikes, that's a long yeah. day. <laughs> um, you guys, uh, we, yeah. you know, we did just do the recount and it is a no. So Brandon um, has two out of three, which ain't bad. Which is pretty as great. they say. Oh, I don't know so if Brandon. I should read his cover letter uh, in its entirety online, but this is from a series. And be- because okay. I don't, um, I never try to refer from one poem to the other just to, because Tim always does. But <laughs> that one that got the no actually even still had the windows again and cinema. So, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, there's, there's a through line here Sorry. and, and, um, he, he, wait, I'm trying to see what, uh, he's had a few books. I'm trying to see what the name of this series is. The pieces are the gossip of second comings is the, oh. is the collection that these are from. So, so I'm so glad you mentioned the cinema line because I love, I love that these, these clouds give cinema to a surface mm-hmm. of windows. That image just works for like passing cars. Um, and for frankly, when you pass the side of a building, right? Like yeah. these, you know, the skins of buildings turned in, you know, turned into cinema. Uh, 
your reflection is brilliant. Like that's just, you know, a lovely, fantastic image. Yeah. So thank you. Sorry to pass on the poem, but thank you, poet. That was That's fantastic. This is a really great selection. Yeah. 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 All right. Yep. Thanks again. Two out of three listeners. Please let us know how we're doing. Does anybody have anything they want to say? Anything uh, that must be said? I, I, I do want to say that um, Patrick Blagrave, am I saying his name right? Yep. Who yeah. Who just yeah, started yeah. the uh, magazine Prolet. I, I was reading the issue. I'm not saying this because I have a piece of flash piece in it, but I would love, uh, I, I'm saying this because I, I, I'm saying, I'm saying this because I love the poems in there so much. I, uh, I read the nice. uh, Ryan Eckes poems and the, nice. the Scanlon poems. Is he saying, is he doing and local? Uh, is it only Philly? I don't think so. I do, oh, okay. But these, these, these are the, my, the two locals. favorite poems I've read in a long time. I'm nice. absolutely in love with them. Well, we love both so Ryan Eckes and really, Elizabeth I'm Scanlon. I'm really happy for Patrick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. This issue. We, we are huge fans. Yeah. Um, we, we have, uh, like two little things over here, which is we just had a great, uh, writers conference, um, in Abu Dhabi and we had the fiction writer Sabine Javeri come over from Karachi and read from her amazing collection of short stories called Hijabistan. And she, um, left a a gift behind and it's a, a collection of student poetry from Habib university and it's the only creative writing outlet that the students have at Habib University. And it's called Arzu Anthology. And so she left it as a gift for us to take a look at. Um, right. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Habib. Thank you for coming and big up to Habib University in Karachi. Awesome. All righty then. Um, tell us how we're doing. Keep listening. And especially, especially keep reading. Woohoo! Yay! Hey, bye, guys. Bye, Jason. Love you.